from WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, Athens County health officials are fighting fentanyl, and reporter Lexi Lepoff has more information on area resources. And this program allows any Ohioan to go online and they can order Narcan right to their front door. And Jacob Mata visited the Hawking County Humane Society as they are gearing up for puppy and kitten season. Even though our numbers are tolerable at the moment, we anticipate that we'll, we'll go up like it does every spring. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. As the presence of fentanyl and common drugs increases, organizations in Athens are working to increase accessibility to Narcan. Lexi Lepoff has more information on harm reduction here in Athens. Public and Ohio University health officials sounding the alarm about the powerful opioid fentanyl. Presume that everything has fentanyl in it. The dangerous opioid often combined with street drugs credited with 80% of Ohio overdose deaths in 2021. You're not going to be able to tell the difference between safe cocaine or unsafe cocaine or safe Adderall and unsafe Adderall. Health officials warning the days of experimenting are over. It doesn't take very much, just a little bit of fentanyl and you could overdose certainly with your first usage because you have no tolerance at all. Now the Athens City County Health Department and Ohio University joining forces to teach students and faculty how to obtain and administer naloxone, a medication used to reverse an opioid overdose. And Brandon with the university's Office of Health Promotion has been at the forefront of the initiative. This isn't a scare tactic because people will, young people will use drugs. The reality is let's just get the messaging out there. The university doesn't distribute kits, but Brandon says the office can give students the resources to obtain them. There's a harm reduction clinic every Wednesday right here at the health department where anyone can pick up naloxone free of charge and free of judgment. Gaskell and Brandon both say more education will normalize conversations about naloxone. It doesn't matter who's coming to get them. They're just trying to be an informed bystander and maybe able to save a life. I'm Lexi Lepoff in Athens. So Lexi, tell us just a little bit more about the story we just heard. Yeah, so this story really focuses on the risk of accidental overdoses, primarily with the focus of college students that may be experimenting with drugs. I think a really misunderstanding over the years is that students think that just because they're doing a drug, experimenting with it one time, that it doesn't mean anything and it won't be a problem. But unfortunately, we have this new risk, especially in our area, where a lot of street drugs are being laced with fentanyl. And fentanyl, as Health Commissioner Dr. Gaskell told us, on first exposure or just a little bit mixed in with a drug that someone may be experimenting with could very well cause an overdose. So where can people pick up Narcan if they feel that is something that they would like to have on hand? Right. So like I explained in the story, the Athens City County Health Department has a harm reduction clinic every Wednesday where anyone in the community can go and pick up Narcan and other harm reduction supplies such as clean needles and also the resources to if you choose to sign up for a a rehabilitation program can do so as well. Aside from that, in Ohio, we have Project Dawn, which is deaths avoided with naloxone. 
And this program allows any Ohioan to go online and they can order Narcan right to their front door or they can sign up for trainings in their area where they will receive Narcan at the end of the trainings. Also, you can go up to your local pharmacy and with insurance, you can get Narcan free of charge or without insurance, there will be a slight charge, but it's available for pickup there as well. Can you talk just a little bit more about the harm reduction clinic you mentioned? The Harm Reduction Clinic is at the Athens City County Health Department every Wednesday. And at this clinic, they exchange dirty needles for clean needles. That's what Dr. Gaskell really wanted to emphasize on is that they really want to get these dirty needles out of the environment. So they're taking those and exchanging them for clean needles. People can also get tested for HIV and hepatitis C, which are bloodborne infections often inquired with those using opioids because of the injectable opioids and the nature of them. Um, also, they give people food if they need it, and people also have the availability to sign up to go to rehabilitation clinics and get those resources if needed. And of course, they give out Narcan as well. So the harm reduction clinic is only once a week, but um, Dr. Gaskell also emphasized that anyone can call up and schedule a time for a training. And at the end of that training, they will get Narcan. So it's not only limited to that one day, but it's a, it's a good program. So, and you mentioned in your package that Ohio University might plan to expand access to Narcan in the future. Um, what, what are the university's plans to expand access? Right. So how it is right now and Brandon with the Office of Health Promotion and in collaboration with the Division of Student Affairs, they are partnering with the Athens Health Department and they're bringing in Athens um, officials, nurses, to come in and do trainings with professors, faculty, and other student groups. And those groups are getting Narcan from the training. So they'll have those. So as of right now, the hope for um, what Ann Brandon said was the hope for her is that she wants to see more Narcan distribution around campus, whether that starts with having an area set in dormitories or in, in certain campus hotspots like Baker Center, that would be the next steps. But right now they are handing them out through the training sessions. And they said that their emphasis on the training sessions is they really want to dive into student organizations. We talked a lot about like Greek life, especially since those are the ones having more social events where even having a couple people in the sorority or fraternity knowing how to distribute Narcan and how to do it in the case of an emergency is kind of that step and hopefully it causes a wave for more students to be inspired to do a training or get educated on how these things work. Yeah, so also right now, obviously, you know, the resources, that's something that's going to take time to kind of get. But in terms of messaging, that's something that they can do right now and they're definitely working on. They're working on a strategic plan to really figure out how they want to get the messaging out there in a way that eliminates the stigma in the negative conversations about what it would mean to carry around Narcan. Um, also, they said that in the springtime specifically, that they're going to kind of increase messaging over these quote-unquote hotspot times that students could be more expected to experiment with drugs, such as right before spring break, increasing the messaging, and then also with fest season where, you know, a lot of students are out and partying. So they identify that those are kind of high-risk times and will up the messaging around those times. And that was Lexi Lepoff from WUB News. 
The popularity of Ozempic, originally designed as a diabetes drug, is growing as a weight loss treatment. As the drug gets harder to get, Koiji Workman reports it is creating challenges for people in Southeast Ohio. And it comes with the needles. So these are actually the tips of the needles that come with them. The diabetes drug Ozempic is flying off the shelves, leaving Southeast Ohio in need as they have some of the highest rates of diabetes across the state. And so on an almost daily basis since November, I get messages that patients are unable to get their medications here locally. What should I do? Popularized by social media and celebrities, people without diabetes have been turning to the drug specifically for weight loss. As people are using these medications to lose weight off-label, they're getting it off-label because they can afford to pay for it without insurance, which is hurting people that rely on insurance to help them pay for these medications because they're expensive. Leaving many without the medications they need. This is true for people like Kashif Udin, who hasn't been able to get Ozempic. Um, you know, you try to do your best, but uh, I, I haven't been able to do that. Um, and I, I figured that Ozempic would have helped out, but it's been a little bit challenging this semester. Others, such as Allie Hughes, were able to find a bit more luck. Some people are able to get it, some are not. I was able to refill my prescription, but honestly, it might have just been happenstance, like luck, um, just at the time I got it. And maybe if I had tried a week earlier, it wouldn't have been there. Doctors have turned to prescribing different medications, such as Trulicity, to help sustain the problem. Another option is trying different doses. I've had patients tell me that the pharmacy, when they, their insurance wants them to be on a 90-day supply, they're only getting a 30-day supply. So the medication's getting rationed, and that's not just at pharmacies here. That's even from our, some of the patients we serve that go to the VA pharmacies. Although this is not a solution, it is a temporary fix. Drug makers claim they are addressing the issue by increasing productions, but in the meantime, patients are left with few options. For The Outlet, I'm Chloe G. Workman in Athens. A milestone anniversary for a building in Athens showcases the efforts to preserve the history of the black community. WUB reporter Silver Barker talks to the people in Athens advocating to keep this history visible. Good afternoon, everyone. So happy to have you here. Members of the Mount Zion Preservation Society are celebrating the church's 150th anniversary. The fight to preserve this building has not been an easy one. I said, you know what, I'm tired of volunteerism. I'm going back to the classroom. I'm going back to my job. Ford Ahmed joined with other advocates to save Mount Zion after witnessing gentrification take place in multiple cities. That's when the idea came to us that this is something that we need to talk about because it's not just a, a, a phenomenon of, of Tulsa. It happens wherever black people congregate. While they were successful in preventing the destruction of the church, other places meaningful to the history of black people in Athens haven't been as fortunate. Learning about the Berry Hotel and then going to the diner and seeing the plaque of where it stood, it was a bittersweet moment. What has now been built into an Athens local diner used to be a hotel named after and owned by a black couple and former members of the church, Martha and Edward Berry. Unfortunately, in 1974, their building was demolished by developers. In Athens today, there is a podium located across from the diner which can be used to take a look at the past. Oh my God, this is literally insane. This is so cool. Just download the app listed and follow instructions to see an old showing of the hotel. 
to actually see where it was and like the history behind it, it really it really changed my point of view of Athens in a way, because that that was a huge um, landmark for Athens and the community, and for them to just shut it down and change it into a diner is it says a lot. We can read about them, but that building is right there in front of us. The Preservation Society plans to make a documentary highlighting the Black History in Athens to submit to film awards while spreading knowledge to the community. If the film were to win an award, the funds would go towards the preservation of the church. Reporting for The Outlet, I'm Silver Barker in Athens. Over the summer, the Hawking County Humane Society had cats and dogs in every corner. Recently, things have become easier on employees and animals. But with puppy and kitten season coming up, Jacob Mata says the Humane Society is gearing up once again. The sound of dogs is all too familiar to the Hawking County Humane Society as they deal with them every day at work. But over the summer, the shelter became overcrowded and it was a lot of work for employees and volunteers to keep up with. And Lynette Blair was at the forefront of the issue. Yeah, the summer was rough and um, we're not sure why other than COVID. A lot of folks going back to work, uh, not able to be home with their animals and deciding that they couldn't keep them anymore. So. Now, months later, things are beginning to look better, but that doesn't mean the Humane Society is in the clear just yet. We are um, still... At capacity, dog-wise, but um, a lot of it is puppies. We're coming up on puppy and kitten season, so um, even though our numbers are tolerable at the moment, we anticipate that we'll, we'll go up like it does every spring. Blair has seen more adoptions now than she did over the summer, which is a big reason as to why overcrowding has gone down at the Humane Society. The STARS program brings three people ready to re-enter society after being incarcerated to the shelter each day. That takes some of the workload off employees and makes their days a little easier than they were over the summer, like employee Stormy Jenkins, who rarely saw a day off. I literally, I mean, all of us, we didn't have a day off. We worked every day almost. Um, we don't work super long hours. Um, we come in, get it done, and we're, that's it. But working every day was basically what had to be done to be able to keep up. The work that the employees and volunteers were doing is exhausting, especially when it's nonstop. It's, it's a lot. You're taking care of 30-plus animals that don't know how to take care of themselves. But employees like Stormy enjoy the work that they do because each day brings something different, and that is what makes the day exciting. I literally come in every day knowing that it's going to be something different. That's what's nice about it here is like you're not stuck doing the same same thing every day because there's always a different animal here. With puppy and kitten season coming up, <laughs> the Hawking County Humane Society is gearing up to take on more animals. For the outlet, I'm Jacob Mata in Logan. To look at the animals available at the Hawking County Humane Society, check out their website at hawkingcountyhumanesociety.com. You may have noticed a rise in your grocery bill these past couple months. One of the items that has risen in cost is eggs. Max Bronke talked to local business owners about how that price increase has affected them. At Union Street Diner, they use a lot of eggs. I usually go through about 20 to 25 cases a week. And now, with the ongoing avian influenza outbreak in the U.S., the cost of eggs have skyrocketed. Before COVID, I was paying $9 a case, and they came in 180 per case. Uh, right now, my company that I use for food, 
was charging me $80 a case. Union Street Diner co-owner Jay Shapiro has been dealing with it as best as he can, but he understands the widespread panic price spikes have caused. But some local businesses, like the Athens Bread Company, egg prices aren't a big concern. Yeah, last year we were paying about $3.59 um, for a dozen eggs um, from a local supplier, High Bottom Farms. and. Yeah, he, uh, he increased his prices for the new year, 2023, um, but it was a modest, about 12% increase. Thanks to local farmers, ABC has escaped the effect of the countrywide epidemic. Meanwhile, Shapiro is taking a different road. I, I've been going to Walmart um, as usually slightly lower than uh, the company I'm using. Actually, we've been going uh, driving to Marietta uh, to get eggs, but they've been like 3 to $4 case cheaper. And if I'm getting 40 cases at a time, it's saving me some money. Assistant producer Caleb McCluskey sat down with Associate Sports Director Maria Manessi in Studio B to discuss men's and women's basketball. Yeah, so Ohio men's basketball has um, won two straight. They beat Northern Illinois Tuesday night on the road. Um, 82 to 76, a big road win for them. They had not won on the road since December, and it also was their first MAC road win, which was big, especially as we're kind of wrap going into our, the last month before the MAC tournament. So right now, every game is crucial for them, and that win against Northern Illinois was exactly that. They now come back home for two games. They play February 10th against Akron. Akron's one of the top teams in the MAC right now, so it's definitely going to be a tough one for them. Um, but being at home has been really good for them this year, so hopefully the combo will be rocking. I expect it to be, and just see if they're able to take on a tough test like Akron, and then they're back home against Buffalo. So just as we kind of wind down, I think these games are getting bigger and bigger for them. Yeah, and then what about the women's? So the women's have certainly had their fair share of struggles this season. They're 2-8 and eight in the conference right now. They have two home games this week, one against Bowling Green and one against Northern Illinois, coming off a tough loss against Toledo Saturday, 66-55. Just they've had their ups and downs as a young team this season, but players like Yaya Felder have been really standing out and stepping up for them. But hopefully they can get... Uh, a win at home this season and just kind of since they are 0-8 at home and just kind of get things going on the right track as th they're also in their final month of the season. Yeah and then I've heard that you have some news about our hockey team as well. Yeah so hockey hosted the number one team Minot State last weekend. Bird Arena was rocking as usual. Coach Leonel Marone described it as he thought it would be one of the best games in the ACHA this season, and I think it definitely lived up to that expectation. Just a super exciting series that they were able to split with Minot State. Very competitive back-and-forth games, as they expected it to be. Ohio is very physical and aggressive, and that's exactly how they thought Minot State would be in that series. And I think it was super exciting for them just to get a win like that and kind of prove why they belong at the top of the ACHA just because they've dominated so much this season and I think especially when on Friday night like they did really showed why they um, what they've been up to this season and just how they are able to compete with the best of the best. 
And then what is coming up for the hockey team? And then with those upcoming games, how do you think, like, how high is their ceiling going to be? They have one home game with Robert Morris this weekend, so just one game for them. But I think as they look forward, they only have two more series after that left. One on the road at Liberty, which they have not been on the road since October, which is kind of unbelievable when you think about it. Um, Just to be at home for this long has been crazy, but they'll get that road series with a really good Liberty team and then they're back home against Niagara and then playoffs start. So I think really being able to win those games and compete in those games, just continuing to prove why they belong in the top of the standings. But I think if they can get the job done, that they'll certainly be in consideration for those top seeds, especially with the win that they had against Minot State. An Athens group is once again working to aid Ukraine in the war against Russia. Jake Amata visited volunteers packing boxes full of much-needed supplies. Over the summer of 2022, the Little Wing Relief Fund was able to send a 40-foot shipping container to Ukraine to aid those affected by the Russian invasion. Now they're gearing up to send another shipment with volunteers taping up hundreds of boxes. The founder of Little Wing Relief, Holly Dalman, couldn't believe what was happening when Russia invaded Ukraine and knew immediately that she wanted to help. When uh, Russia did the unimaginable and invaded Ukraine, Tom and I were sitting at the table, Tom, my husband, and what can we do? How can we help? Little Wing Relief helps by collecting both monetary donations and the donation of supplies to help those affected by the war and troops on the front lines. They send things from medical supplies and pet food to chainsaws and generators, and it's all made possible by donors like Ann Sparks, who just wanted a way to help. Well, I'm so thankful that we have this going on in Athens because the need is so great, and a lot of people do want to know how to help, and I'm so glad that we have this very concrete way of helping. Once the donations start coming in, Little Wing Relief relies on volunteers to help sort, label, and package goods to be ready to be sent out. Volunteers do it out of the kindness of their hearts in order to make a difference, but there are other reasons as well. Because I feel so sorry for those, they're human beings that are suffering so. And um, I especially have a hard time with all the destruction and uh, toxicness that's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, I just like very practical way to get involved in like such a global issue and like be able to reach people from uh, where I'm at now. Little Wing Relief plans to keep sending out shipments after this one as well. We'll do another load and then we'll do another load. Um, I think we're like I said I think we're with Ukraine for the long haul. As long as there are people overseas in need of help, Little Wing Relief will keep doing what they can in order to help aid the cause. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Jacob Mata in Athens. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, and my assistant producer, Kayla McCluskey. We're edited by Atish Bardia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore WOUB, or you can catch our content on Twitter and Instagram at newswatch underscore WOUB. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.